0: good evening everyone i'm Anne marie cronin together with my co-host Siobhan cronin we're piping in from miami florida and we are going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collin, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention is with us tonight. We have him, we're piping him in from Central America to talk about how you can avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent all the major chronic diseases and deadly diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls. So please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Or repeat it throughout the show. And this is your opportunity to talk directly to the doctor. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. You're listening to 760 WJR. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you to a special medical show here on 760 WJR. We're broadcasting live from the studios in Miami, Florida. I'm Anne Marie Cronin. I'm here with Siobhan Cronin. And we're going to be talking to you tonight about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us not from Birmingham, Michigan tonight, but from Central America, which is exciting, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957, again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, how exciting that you're coming in loud and clear from Central America. Might I ask, why are you there?
1: Well, I am Reed, listeners will remember that I was here literally this time last year. And we were setting the groundwork for what should be a really exciting announcement, which I'm not quite ready to make. So we might be able to make it next week. It might be the week after, but uh, we're doing something that I would call nothing short of groundbreaking. And you may go, well, why am I a doctor in Detroit? And here we are talking about Central America and, and, you know, the opportunities to change healthcare delivery and allow or provide the services that I provide and all the things that we talk about prevention-wise to more people uh, is a global problem because we always talk about heart attack deaths increasing in the United States and it went from about 650,000 a year and now we're at 870,000 a year. The same thing's happening around the world. Global mortality has gone up 26% over the last 10 years and in 2021 19 million people died of a heart attack which is 19 horrible 19
0: million that's horrifying it is
1: it's a, and that, those are 26 that's a 26% increase since 2010 so these numbers are going up like crazy and so this is a global problem and uh just the opportunity to start you know our project uh happens to be here so you know we're taking whatever opportunity comes our way. Uh, it's our plan, you know, mine and Anne Marie's to be able to deliver this t- same type of service that anyone can get uh, in the United States. And not only not mean the United States, but in our listening area very soon. So that's our hope and wish that that can happen. Uh, but it's, it's starting here. And hopefully next week or soon thereafter, we'll be able to announce what it is we're doing.
2: I think it's interesting that you mentioned that the heart attack deaths have gone up across the globe. And I'm curious because, you know, my immediate thought would be okay, if it's related to diet or lifestyle, maybe there would be a greater percentage going up in the United States, um, you know, compared to other countries. But what do you think is some of the underlying reasons that it is a global problem rather than just like a, a country specific problem?
1: Well, the. You know, the Western lifestyle has been spreading around the world, and that's probably to blame. Um, You know, all the processed food, the fast food, you know, getting away from, you know, the local healthy diet toward, you know, McDonald's and all the Taco Bell, Burger King everywhere globally is, you know, I'm not blaming those places, but the westernization of the lifestyle is killing the world.
2: Yeah.
0: It's just, it's really pathetic. I mean, even driving home at night, I pass by all these fast food places and there's always huge lines at all the fast food places, whether you're in Miami, Chicago, Detroit, and no doubt the rest of the world. But the question still, and we probably won't have time to go into it, but the, we're still begging the question. You know, you're, you're a specialist in prevention. All these tests that have come out to diagnose and prevent heart attack, What's the disconnect here? I mean, I know what the disconnect is in America, but what about the rest of the world? We have the technology. What's the answer to how we have impart this to the, not just the listening audience, but everybody that they need
1: to know about what the technology is? Well, even in Central America, the healthcare system is following the lead of the United States. And when I mean the United States, I mean the FDA. So... Even, you know, even where we are, there's a fairly sophisticated healthcare system. And they're using the same atherosclerotic risk calculator that our doctors use to decide whether or not you should be on a statin as the primary preventive tool. And that methodology is not helping anybody because of all these increased deaths here and abroad. So it's not like like so. This is the other problem, like you said, Siobhan, is it's it's a global problem because the world is looking to the American Heart Association and the FDA for guidance, and we already know that this is a total fail. Uh, and it's, it's also about lack of education all over the place. So like If you're seeing people lined up outside of a fast food place, which I see that too, then that's a line of a people who do not understand what it takes to be healthy and they have no idea. They just have no idea and they're not hearing that from their doctors.
2: Well, I think on top of that they don't realize that that is a massive, you know, cause I suppose or there's a correlation between that lifestyle and some of these deadly diseases. I think a lot of people, you know, eat this food and they just don't realize how it's killing them slowly in a lot of ways.
1: No, it's it's they might think, "Well, I'm going to Chick-fil-A. I'm getting a chicken sandwich and that's healthy." And I'm having french fries and that's a potato and that's healthy. Um and so uh, and they don't know that dairy is inflammatory, so it's okay to have a milkshake. And they're just, it's not even a thought in their head. It's just, here's food that's easy to get. There's a lot of resistance to self-care. Again, we're not going to go down that road today, but uh, it's everywhere. It's a, it's, we, this is why we're doing this show, to educate people.
0: All right, let's come back and talk some more about that on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to be doing to prevent or reverse disease, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live weekly medical show on 760 WJR. We are back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician in Birmingham, Michigan. And as a recognized leader in the field of catastrophic disease prevention, including heart attack, stroke, diabetes, and many chronic conditions, He's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. Through advanced and more sophisticated diagnostic technology, we are now able to arrest and reverse the process of these silent killers. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Dr. Callender, welcome back. We were talking in the last segment about the staggering numbers of 19 million people died of heart attack globally, and we're, as your, the whole show and your whole uh, prevention process is all about it. stop having the situation and the and the eating disorder or either with the way they're eating and the lack of exercise, but also what about the technology? I mean, all of the tests that are out there in order to diagnose the early stages of heart disease. Still, people don't know about it. So, tell us about some of the research that's going on within your clinic.
1: Well, I want to talk about some results that we uh, shared with patients this week. And so, we did a, you know, we had our CIMT, our carotid intima media thickness test results come in. And, um, you know, I call these all victory laps. You know, there's no, we, you know, we don't have a lot of times where the results are terrible. Uh, where we need to really regroup and refocus, but even if we have to, that's okay, because we're seeing problems happen before the problem happened. You know, we can see the the process before anything actually happened. So, um, before I get into those results, um, Siobhan, I see you've got a call. Shivan, yeah, a call? we just had
2: a call come in. We have Tony on the line in Gross Point. Tony, what's your question? Oh, I guess we we don't have. Oh, uh, yep,
1: the caller dropped. We okay. Lost Tony. Yep, Tony will come back. So, so I want to. So this in you know, a week was very positive, and I want to share a couple of results. So I've got one patient who, he's diabetic. His hemoglobin A one C, which is the standard way to measure diabetic management, was still running. I'll say higher than the system would allow, um, eight, uh, which I think is too high, but. The system wants you to be at seven and he's a long-term smoker. So here's a guy who's you know in his mid-50s, he's smoking, he's diabetic, and even this guy um, has had a reduction in his CIMT measurements and a reduction in his plaque burden. So we're able to see plaque on his CIMT from a year and a half ago. It went away 100%. And his, and his CIMT measurement, which I would say is a better gauge of risk, it was never bad in the first place, but it still got better than it was the last time we checked. And this isn't someone who's smoking and you would possibly label as a poorly controlled diabetic. And the reason I would say we're overcoming those obstacles is because I'm using different data that measures risk. And my data all looks great. And from his insulin resistance measurements, which don't necessarily reflect diabetes control, uh, we're able to overcome the inflammation of his smoking with applying a whole body approach. Um, and so I'm really happy to see that he's getting these results. and it's, and you wouldn't think so because you'd assume that a smoker with elevated A1C would not be getting better, they'd be getting worse. And it doesn't have to happen.
0: I have a question for you. As uh, you talk a lot about the CIMT and the diagnostic testing that you offer in your clinic, that's part of the field of prevention. Getting the CT cardiac calcium scoring test, you get a number and you know where you fall. If you're under 100, you might be a little bit okay. But we've had people call in with high numbers. And you talk about the CIMT and you get all, all the diagnostic results from the CIMT. How often, I'm kind of surprised that you can reverse it and, and and get rid of the plaque. And how often do you have to repeat the CIMT test and the CT scan?
1: Well, I use the CIMT first because the only reason to do a CT calcium score is to identify plaque. And if I've identified plaque by the CIMT I don't need the CAT scan. So I only do a calcium score if the person's CIMT is normal. And then I want to make sure that I've looked at all of their vascular beds. I have them get a CT calcium score. But the listeners don't have all access to the CIMT, so you go get a CT calcium score first.
0: But you get the CIMT, you get a number with it. You still get a score, right?
1: With a CIMT. No, it's a measurement. No, it's, so it's a measurement. It's a measurement.
0: But you know whether you're I mean, going you up call or down,
1: or whatever. Absolutely. But. So you can't use a CT calcium score to follow progress. Right. Calcium levels don't measure progress or risk, um, even though that's the the report tells you risk. It's not true. Um, you just, to me, it's just a black and white: Do you have plaque or not.
0: So finding the plaque that you find on the CIMT, when would you tell the patient to come back? And how do you start to reverse it? And do you find that you get significant reversals from your patients,
1: with your patients who have plaque? I expect all my patients to reverse their plaque. So uh, it's not a surprise to me when it happens. I'm always happy to report it, but I expect it. So somebody getting older and their CIMT staying the same, to me, is not a win. Like I don't I wouldn't say, well look, you didn't get any worse as you got older. To me that's not a win. Not getting better is a problem. So my expectation is very high. All right. Well let's take Siobhan's caller. Yeah, Siobhan. we have
2: we have David from Windsor on the line. David, what's your question?
1: Yes, my question for Dr. Callender is this. Wouldn't wouldn't you agree
0: that diet is everything when it comes to changing your changing it and getting exercise involved when you start exercising and keeping your heart health up all the time wouldn't you suggest that diet diet and every and exercise and lifestyle change are everything what would you suggest about that
1: well thanks david you're always great at reminding everybody that lifestyle is the foundation for our pri- for our preventive program so you cannot out medicate lifestyle so it's very important that we always t- our patients to maintain um, a a plant-based diet and regular exercise. And again, coming back to our patient we just talked about who's diabetic, avoiding sugar, sticking to high fiber vegetables, and doesn't mean you have to be vegan. You can have some animal proteins, not the end of the world, but avoiding sugar and having high fiber vegetables, exercising more, all that fights insulin resistance. And yes, we can medicate it, but you can't out medicate bad decisions. So that's my job is to continually educate and reinforce good behavior. Well, the good news
0: also is that you have patients who repeat the CIMT and they're getting really fantastic news from you that they, what they had you're getting rid of through guiding them. But once again, you're also acting as a mentor and you're, you're telling them what they need to do. You, you stay with them. Your appointments are an hour apiece. You're seeing your, your patients for long amounts of time and giving them. You're walking with them, in other words, through this process of encouraging them to eat well, eat the right things, what to eat and the exercise part. And then is it a year or two years or three years later? How often do you repeat the CIMD?
1: Well, to your point, I'm their exercise coach. Yes. So it's who's better to be your, uh, I mean, your health coach, who better to be your health coach than your doctor who knows everything about you. So um, we re- I like to repeat the CIMT about once a year in people who have plaque to follow our progress. Now, realistically, it ends up being every year and a half to two years, but if somebody's higher risk... I really try to make sure they do it at the, once a year. Checking it more often than that is not that helpful. Um, yes, things can happen quickly, both in both directions, but I think checking it earlier than a year is not necessarily. Once a year is great. But it must be great news for those people who find that they're going, they're reversing the
0: disease and the disease process altogether. Well, let's come back and talk more about this on the other side of the break. You're listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you ought to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, Please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. live medical broadcast on 760 WJR. We're fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly shows Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. and live Thursday at 7. We're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, coming back, Siobhan has a couple of callers waiting.
2: Siobhan, who's on the line? Yeah, so right now we have Berta on the line in Ohio. Berta, what's your question? Um, hello, and thank you all for taking my call. I hope everyone's doing Well, this evening, Um, Dr. Callender, I was wondering, are there any
0: tests that uh, focus on like the iliac arteries, the femoral arteries to check for plaque formation there? Or do you just extrapolate that from the carotid uh, measurements that you get? And also
1: um, any studies, are there any studies out there that would correlate Um, like sitting in a car driving for extended uh, amount of time every day? Does that add to uh, plaque formation risk? Well, good question, uh, Berta. So, you know, plaque is a systemic disease. And so the reason we check the carotids is because they are closer to their skin and we can measure the data points that affect risk. So, If somebody had a normal CIMT and then I ordered a calcium CAT scan test and that was a zero and I was still certain that they had plaque, I would do a femoral CIMT to see if there's plaque. The problem with the femoral CIMT is because that artery is further away from the uh, skin, we just don't get the data points that we can use to follow progress as well. But it's important to look at every possible vascular bed. And so, yeah, so we don't necessarily look at the iliac and the femorals all the time, because if we find plaque, then we know you have it, and we're treating it as a systemic disease. Um, someone with uh, significant plaque will have other type of symptoms, but again, we're trying to be preventive and symptoms are not required to enact uh, a proactive program. Well,
0: thanks for calling, um, Dr. Colander. You were t- telling us over the break about a success story for one of your patients.
1: Yeah, so another person got their CIMT results today, and this person's been in the practice for about three years, and he came to me already doing every possible thing he thought he could do to, you know, be healthy and and improve his longevity and wellness. So this is a You know, very uh, smart, highly motivated person who was looking under every single nook and cranny. And he came in. So when we did his first CIMT, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't as good as he would have wanted, meaning there was still some small amount of risk. And so there's always room for improving your optimal medical program. And he's very willing and eager to do whatever needs to be done. And I was really happy to report that even coming in pretty good, he lowered his risk to zero. I mean, so he still has plaque, but we don't worry about plaque. We want to see that we're healing it. And we shrunk his IMT thickness to a number that is you know, very, very low, which means he effectually does not have any cardiovascular risk and we'll still follow his CIMT once a year and we'll still check for all of the drivers of vascular disease that can impact his, uh, his process because things happen. Things get worse one year. They get better another year. So we want to make sure that we check the blood work for the inflammation markers to stay on track.
0: It's pretty amazing to think that a 75-year-old who already appeared in your practice a few years ago, um searching and hoping to you know stay as healthy as he possibly could, has actually been able to totally reverse all all the elements of plaque. I mean, he's he's gone back down to ground
1: zero. That's that's a pretty amazing accomplishment. Oh, it's fantastic. And you know, it's not like he came in like he had a lot of work for me to do. I mean there's always something to do and we found some areas that were not optimized and we fix them and we're seeing a tremendous result. I mean I would say he had a a 20% reduction in his IMT thickness at a, you know in his early 70s which is phenomenal. I'm really happy for him and I'm you know proud of my work to be honest. So it's a uh, It was really good to see. Um, I didn't ask her. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't answer the last lady's second question, which is, you know, sedentary lifestyle does um, increase risk. So we recommend that patients exercise as much as possible. So, um, you know, if you have a lot of people have sedentary jobs and that's okay, but you got to make sure that you make time to do the exercise, whatever it is that you want to do you don't have to do anything specific. Just move your body as much as you can. And in my practice, we make personalized recommendations based on you know what it is you do, what you like to do, and what your abilities are. And always with a goal of getting better.
0: See, that I I find to be one of the most outstanding things that you do, as well as being a a good diagnostician and being in the field of prevention, almost having developed the field of prevention, but having uh, a mentor or somebody who is going to walk you through it, not just say exercise, you know, go out and walk or go to the gym or do whatever, because I think most people are lost and they try this and they try that. And even when it comes down to eating, you know, somebody staying on you and following up with you and being, you know, almost hand holding as you walk down that pathway, you're not just giving somebody a notepad and saying, go on a diet and, you know, walk during the day, you're actually helping them step by step by staying in touch with them and following them down that path. So you're almost like, uh, you know, um, you're a coach in a way, you're a coach as to how that lifestyle should pan out.
1: Well, it's strategy, you know, so we sit down and uh, you know, we've said this before that telling people to eat less and exercise more is the worst medical advice ever given, yet doctors are still doing that, and it's white noise. You know, it is white noise. That, that's just, a good, good description, And and you kind of lose faith in your doctor when that's all they've got for you, and so. Uh, and that's all they've got. And when you only have five, six minutes to have a visit, anyway, so uh, all of a lot of prevention is about having the time to deliver the product and educate the patient about what they need to do. Uh, that's that's as big part of it as having the time. And of course, having the time means having to step away from the insurance, you know, taking insurance because insurance is a high volume model. Uh, they don't. They just want you in and out.
0: Yeah, and therefore you learn nothing, and that's why we have those statistics of 19 million people globally dying of heart attack. When effectively, the disease, the cardiac disease, is reversible. The plaque is reversible. People just need to know that they've got to step step up and get these tests, even although they're not covered by insurance. But as we've said many times before in prior shows, they're also very inexpensive. They're 100, 200, 300 dollars. And once you get those uh, diagnoses down and you know exactly whether you have plaque, whether you make plaque, what your level is, what your number is, then, you know, joining a practice like yours is golden. That's the answer. Now you've got a coach who's going to walk you and reverse things. It's all about reversal.
1: And it's possible. So the idea that, you, and that's what the next segment's about, is not having assumptions. So we're going to have another anecdote that a patient shared with me uh, uh, this week about their family member. Uh, and it's, it's about just not, you cannot make any assumptions about your health, good or bad. You've got to have the proper data, and you have to employ a program that's effective and established. So we'll get more into that next segment
0: and also um, oftentimes our personalized programs with you, especially with your patients and your in your preventative practice. Anyway, in the meantime, we're going to have to take a quick break. You are listening to a special live broadcast tonight where the topic is your health and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question on the subjects we're discussing and you would like to talk to the doctor directly please don't hesitate to call 800-859-0957. You are listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special weekly live broadcast here on 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat chronic and debilitating disease. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, Internal medicine physician and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call and talk to him directly at 800 859 0957. Again, that's 800 859 0957. And Dr. Colander, before we get into, you know, the final segment, I did want to let the listeners know that where you have a private practice, a concierge practice specializing in prevention. There are not a lot of preventative doctors out there. You can't see everybody in America, but if, I'm sure you would be able to tell people where they can get the CIMT and where they can get into a practice. Listeners out there, make a note of this number, 866 Colander, 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. And I'm sure Dr. Colander's office will be happy to set you on the right path. And I know, Dr. Collender, you talk a lot about prevention and screening tests and also the preventative tests that everybody needs to get. But what else do the patients need to know?
1: Well, well, that's a wide open question. I think we're going to take the callers, right, Siobhan?
0: You
2: well, yeah, take- well, we have two callers, yeah. so maybe let's get them okay. in before we we'll get into the a discussion. Line. So let's start with Patty in Rochester Hills. Patty, what's your question?
1: Hi. Um, I used to be a very active person. I'm 65 years old, and not by choice. I have to sit all day because I have a degenerative muscle disease called inclusion body myositis. Um, so, what does a person like me do because I can't do any? I can barely do anything. I um, I can barely even walk anymore. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you know, I would take this as a you know, as a whole body approach. And it's not just about, you know, I can't exercise the level that you used to. It's about exercising to the degree that you can. And it's also about recognizing all your other sources of inflammation in your body. And though even though they're not directly related to the disease that you have, they may have an impact on it. So, Taking a whole body approach to identify things that may seem very unrelated may have a positive impact on your condition. Now, I can't make you a promise, but um, I've had people with autoimmune diseases have improvement with some combination of lifestyle um, supplements, hormones, peptides, things like that. So there's, you know, there's things to try and it's about doing the best you can. You don't have to be good at lifestyle. You just have to try.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, Shivanya, another caller? Yeah, up next we have Ed in Plymouth. Ed, what's your question?
0: Hi, doctor. We really enjoy your show. Um, After 22 years, I had a kidney transplant from my brother, and it finally uh, did a great run, but it failed in uh, September. So I'm back on dialysis three days a week. My question is, how should I be, what should I be concerned about issues with my heart?
1: And dialysis? Well, and I'm going to say a similar answer, Ed, is that, you know, people on dialysis, you know, do have uh, issues that come up more than the general population. And so you still want to take a whole body approach, which is identify your vascular status. And the reason we go and look at your arteries is because that is a, Objective data point that measures risk of chronic disease. And so, and also looking for all the other drivers of inflammation that can have impact your life and your health. So, even though they're not going to fix your kidneys, obviously, uh, but making sure everything else is good to the point of the first uh, anecdote that I shared, which is the patient who had. Diabetes and as a smoker, we made everything. He's not going to quit smoking, but we made every other part of his body healthy. And we're still seeing the results that we want to see. Is he going to have other problems down the road related to smoking? Yeah, he's going to have emphysema. He's going to have lung problems. But um, for right now, we're doing a great job reducing his inflammation by addressing every other possible thing that we can. And that's how I would take that approach.
0: All right. Well, thank you for calling. Dr. Collender, you did have another anecdote you wanted to talk to before we get to the end of the show of a patient.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, So this actually isn't a patient. So I was calling patients about results, even here in Central America, I was uh, going over results. And one of my patients wanted to give me a family history update. And um, their parent had been in the hospital and diagnosed with heart disease, meaning plaque. And so even in the hospital now, certain CAT scans, like a CT calcium score, but some of the CAT scans can give you important information about your artery health, uh, namely the quality of your plaque. So it's very interesting that the hospital this person went to was able to do a CAT scan and tell them that they had a lot of soft plaque. And Lipid uh, quality, uh, lipid-rich content, is an important indicator of risk that has nothing to do with levels and nothing to do with blood flow. So, uh, my patient's family member was diagnosed with basically a high-risk lesion, not enough to get a stenosis, or not enough to you know to to warrant. Uh, surgery. But in this case, in in my world, medical management is imperative. And my patient was frustrated because their family member was told by their functional medicine doctor that they should not take a statin. So statin is a, you know, cholesterol medicine, but in my life, you know, in practice, statin's lower artery disease. So I guess my take home point is, again, you cannot make assumptions about your health. And that includes the doctor, so, functional medicine doctors use a lot of like holistic type approaches to healthcare. And I use some functional medicine tools because every tool in our toolbox needs to be available to keep people healthy. Unfortunately, when you're seeing somebody who's, uh, you know, really locked into one method of practicing, like a functional medicine doctor, or a holistic doctor, or a naturopath, you know, there's always there's always something there that's helpful in those disciplines. But if you're stuck in that discipline, you're missing opportunities, and that's what I want to share with, you know, my patient and her family member is that um, statins lower artery inflammation, and it's important to measure the markers that measure risk and not assume that you're okay because you're following your doctor's orders. Now, we know following your doctor's orders in a traditional practice is, is going to fail you because they don't have the right data, but it can even fail you in a functional medicine practice and or holistic or naturopath because they're not following in the data. And I'm not saying that those methods don't work, but if they're not following the data to measure their progress, they have no idea.
0: And was there, I, I? As I'm listening to you, I'm just thinking about. It's unfortunate that a lot of patients out there do get locked into a certain paradigm, be it a, you know, a functional doctor or, you know, a health food follower, and they get into this idea of I'm doing everything right, but they're basically stuck in a corner where they're not doing everything they need to do.
1: Well, they're they're making their own, the patients making an assumption by choosing the doctor who's providing the care they want to receive instead of treating the problem that they have.
0: Right, it's
1: it's a, a much larger
0: picture than that. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, so I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collander, MD, specialist in prevention, for being here and being with us tonight, and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Calendar Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope that you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune in to our shows Sunday afternoon at three, Thursday evening at seven for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to 760 WJR. Good night and be well.